Hello and welcome to the Felstead podcast series. Today we're delighted to welcome Hannah Tullock, who's the CEO of the Ascension Community Trust. She grew up in the small town of Toaster in Northamptonshire, but has been part of the life and work at Ascension Church since 2008 in various roles. Hannah has many interests, including music, baking and social enterprise, and is currently undertaking a master's in voluntary sector management at Bayes Business School with a diploma in charity accounting. The Ascension Community Trust works with the local community, providing youth activities, promoting fitness and social interaction, and has a link to Felsted. Felsted's link with the ACT can be traced back to the late 19th century, when the extreme poverty of this particular part of London's Docklands was brought to the attention of the then headmaster, and this partnership has continued to grow and develop in recent years as the Felsted mission. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. We, we talk quite a lot at Felsted about developing character. What would you say, in terms of your own experience, have been the biggest moments when uh, perhaps your own character has been defined or, or influenced? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really interesting question. And I, I was kind of reflecting on... It's a very deep question, trying to kind of work out <laughs> what, what those things are. I, I actually was thinking when I was growing up in, in, in my hometown, in my, in my home church, the church I grew up in, there was a lot of people slightly older than me that, that left our, our little town and, and went and did like amazing things around the UK and around the world. And, and it really inspired me to do the same. And I think I got this kind of misconception that like you have to have this crazy life to be able to go and do these things, but you can come from a really normal place, have a really normal life, but still go and do amazing things. So that that really inspired me. No, I mean, I, I know Toaster a little bit because I used to live over, over that way. And so to- Toaster has a, there's a race course, isn't there? Yes, yes, it does. I don't think it's doing particularly well at the moment. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. And obviously the, the church there was, was a big thing for you. And were, were there people within the church who particularly inspired? There's not people I can think of particularly, but, but the, there was just a real sense that a lot of young people or people when they turned 18 just felt that they were able to go and do. And there was a, a lot of them, I can't, I don't think I could name all of them, but who went to different parts of the world and, and stayed within the UK and really did some amazing helping people in all, in all sorts of different ways. Uh, on, a, on another one I was thinking about, actually when I very first moved to London, and, uh, and, and I was, so my very first thing I did when I moved to London was work as a youth worker for, for a charity called XLP. Um, and I was an 18 year old who was for some reason had this opportunity to be a youth worker to, to basically 16 year olds from inner city London. Okay. So yeah. it was, it was <laughs> very much out of my comfort zone. It did make me realise I'm not designed to be a youth worker. But I was thinking about that and actually it was much later that I realised how much of an impact that had on my ability to communicate with people because when you're working with 16-year-olds who are very different from from where you are, from really challenging backgrounds potentially, they're not the easiest to communicate with. And then when I started at university a, a few years later... I was just brilliant at starting conversations with people. And and yes, people at university are much, much more up for starting conversations. But I realised just how much of an impact or how much I learned from that experience. It may not have been what what I was destined to do, but yeah, it made me a, a very good communicator, which I think that was a really defining thing, although it took me a lot longer to realise it. 
Yeah, I just think that's a, a, an incredible experience. And, uh, you know, always learning. I think in when people are trying to work out what they want to do in life, it's often the things that they won't go on to do for the rest of their life that they learn the most from. Mm, yeah. So even if it even if it's not the right pathway for them for the long term, what what they what they learn they can do, what perhaps what they learn they can't do can be really useful for them. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Another thing we we talk about at the school is is making a difference, and we we would encourage all of our pupils to try to make a positive difference to those those around them. One of the great attractions I would imagine of of working with the Ascension Community Trust is that that is making a real difference to lives every day. Can you tell us a little bit about about what a, what an average day looks like and and what kind of people you get to work with? Oh, no day is average. <laughs> I want to start with that. Oh, yeah. And actually, to be honest, that's one of the things I love about what I do. I, I couldn't, I don't think I could survive in a, in a job where I had to do the same thing every day. I love that. Every, every day is, is very different. So, yeah. T- tell us some of the highlights then. What, what would, you know, may, maybe, a, maybe a couple of highlights and maybe a low light. When, when you have a difficult day, what, what happens? A difficult day could involve um, supporting people with really challenging issues. So although although I oversee everything, I think because we, we deal with so many people with, with so, ma- so many complex needs that, that often you, you have to step in and, and support and, and find how you can support them. And that, that often ends up, I think, more so in, in lately because of COVID, that's, that comes up a lot more. To be honest, a lot of my day is paperwork and meetings. That's the non-glamorous bit of it. But one of the things I still love to do is, is I set up the um, summer schemes we run. So one of my first jobs at Ascension I was working as a community worker and I we started running these summer schemes in the holidays and and I love them and I may not be good with youth work but children's work I still absolutely love and so mm. I still take the I still always no matter what job I'm doing I still always take either if it's just a couple of days or, or a week to come and help out at the summer scheme in the in the summer and it's just such a wonderful thing and it kind of picks you up when when you have to deal with a lot of challenging things it's just such a a lovely change and it really is the sort of things you kind of have to do to keep you going so yeah I absolutely absolutely love doing that that's that's definitely a highlight no that's that's good I, I think you know the the risk of being subsumed by meetings and paperwork is one that that people will be familiar with but remembering to get out there and to, and and find the things that actually inspired you when you first take the job, it is so important, and to and to see to see the difference being made in practice. Yeah, and re- and reminding you why you do what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you've you've got to have the why, haven't you? If you've got the why, then you when you get up each day, you you know you've got purpose, and that that keeps you going even when things are more difficult. Yeah, completely. The Ascension Community Trust and the Felsted Mission. Talk, talk to us about the links there. How how does Felsted fit into the Ascension Community Trust from your experience? Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's we've kind of looked at all different things. So so we get visits periodically, which is which is really lovely to kind of keep that connection that way. One of the really nice recent things was the Christmas presents and so and, and that was oh that was such a 
beautiful project where students at the school donated presents for us to to give out to the children that we work with and and the majority of those went to children that we meet through the food bank so they really did go to families in need this Christmas as well as being able to give out food to those people we gave every child who came to the food bank a Christmas present and it just brought so much joy and the the volunteers who were giving out the presents were just so happy and it was just like such a beautiful highlight that was really great that was a really good that that worked really well that was yeah really great on a day-to-day basis I was thinking part of the meetings we have one of we obviously there's there's the first admission council who who are the really key link and so they're the they're the people who kind of help keep that link going and and as part of the first admission council some of those are trustees actually of ascension community trust and i love that it's it's old felstedians i I was thinking particularly paul beaufrere us brings Mm. to mind because he's an old felstedian who's brought his skills and he he has these amazing accounting skills and he's using those to make a difference so he's he's the secretary for the ascension community trust and occasionally he gets messages from me about with with accounting questions and so yeah he's that that's a that's a really great way that link has and and those who've kind of stayed stayed on from leaving the school but stayed connected that's and and brought their skills that's been a really great kind of connection yeah, and of course, back back in the nineteenth century, a number of schools had mission churches, and and Felsted, for for whatever reason, decided that down down in Newham, down down in the Docklands, was uh, a place that really needed support. And the the link with the churches has worked really well over a long period of time. Sometimes the link's been stronger. We're we're encouraging pupils at the moment to understand about the link and understand about the the need of the community and how we can make a make a difference to that if if somebody does want to get involved if we have got young felstedians who want to go out and make a difference with you are, are there particular things they might they might look to do that's a really good question i i don't know that i can give any definitive answers I know Reverend Nigel's always got ideas of, of, of links and he's he's been great at kind of seeing how we can get those the students involved. I think different groups, some groups did a, a fundraiser for us. That was amazing. That was really great. And and being involved in visits, I think, is a really helpful way. We, we've had uh, students come and do music performances for our elders before. That was really lovely. And that's it kind of just providing something different and it's again bringing bringing the talents you have to to be able to make a difference yeah i've been down for for one of the elders lunches and that it's a it's a great environment it's just such a such a happy happy place to be at that time and uh, some fantastic stories being told as well so I, I guess the the answer i mean i should be answering my own question there really that the pupils should should speak to uh, speak to reverend little and find out find out more if they want to get involved and hopefully there'll be a, another generation of Felstedians who who uh, keep the link going and, and really benefit themselves but more importantly are benefiting other people. Yeah very much so and and it's I think the great thing is it does it's not a big commitment I think a lot of people bring kind of the the skill they have in in whatever small way they can it doesn't have to be a you don't have to completely change your life and come and move to the east end to be involved i think that's the key thing yes and uh, another project that uh, i've seen down there which is a really good one is the garden cafe project i came down to visit the royal docks academy which we we do some work with as well and uh, visited the garden cafe while there 
and it, you could see that having an impact on on local children. I wonder if you'd tell us tell us all a little bit about what the Garden Cafe's doing, how it works, who it's impacting, and and uh, anything else about it. Yeah, it's interesting talking about the cafe because I I didn't mention about kind of what brought me to here, which I think you asked earlier, but. But the cafe, I'm, I'm worked in the cafe before my current role. And so I worked as a community worker in the cafe and then I managed the cafe for around five years. So it really is where my heart is. I, I love that place. And, and as you say, you can just, there's just a, a different atmosphere in there and, and you really notice it when you walk in. So I, I like to the, describe the cafe as like a cross between a community centre and a cafe the the great benefit to it over a community centre is you meet people that you wouldn't in a community centre. People for a community centre might go for a class or exercise class or a group or something, but just anyone from the community will walk in to buy a cup of tea. And so you just really get to meet and connect with a lot more people than you might do otherwise. So that's that's a great thing about it. And, and community or being the heart of the community has really been part of the cafe's work and meeting and supporting people as as and when needed. A lot of our workers have been people who just aren't sure where to go for help and homeless people maybe or, or someone whose benefits have run out and they just they just don't know what to do. And so they come to the cafe and we're able to, to signpost them to, to something that might be able to help. So kind of be that first point of call for people, but also a listening ear. So that's great. Another really wonderful thing that we've done for a number of years at the cafe is provide work placements for adults with learning difficulties. There's There's been a lot of cutbacks in support for, for adults with learning difficulties, a lot of day centre closed, and there's there's le- much less to do. And, and it's, yeah, that makes things a lot, a lot more challenging for these groups. And so if they're coming to do work placements with us, they're learning skills that they might not have otherwise. We've, we've had people who, who've come and family have said that they family have kind of always done everything for them and they've come come to us and they've learned how to make cups of tea they've learned how to make their own lunch and and simple things like that and then the family are like oh they can do all these things for themselves how wonderful is that and so that's yeah definitely one of our, our best pieces of work is is kind of the impact the real impact it has on on individual people's lives yeah and i mean community is so important isn't it if people feel like they belong then there's there's a again a bit more purpose to 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 life as a result and it in a in a busy city it's it's surprising how, sometimes how little community there can be and i guess the last 2 years have have been particularly difficult for that i know it's been tough for the whole charity sector but i i wonder how how you've seen the challenge change and develop over the last two years with various lockdowns and and all the other challenges that people have faced yeah it's it's hard because most of our work is face to face and and when the first lockdown hit it was kind of a question of what what can we do i don't i don't know if we can do anything we had a team of volunteers who actually rang around everyone on our like our list of of people we we work with who phoned around and said actually what what help do you need what can we do Mm which is yeah amazing they rang a lot of people and 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 from that actually came the food bank and the food bank was when it started particularly the community were just so involved and so on board with it our local custom house mutual aid group got got on board and and people donated and we had volunteers and and at the time we just delivered and all these people who were put on furlough came and and drove 
drove and delivered food to, to people's houses, people who were in need. And then, mm. and actually with the food bank, um, Felstead really got on board with that. They were, we, we had a lot of financial da- donations that came through, I think, from parents and, and various people linked with Felstead. And so that was a, yeah, really really encouraging as well and that kept us going through through not Christmas last year the previous Christmas that that kept us being able to give out over over that quite challenging period yes and and with with people being so isolated uh, it it must have been must have been incredibly tough and I think for you know uh, you you support a a lot of elderly people and people with additional needs and uh, that that time that time must have must have just been so complex and so uh, so challenging so it's fantastic you were able to help i mentioned before that the partnership goes back quite a quite a long way back to the 19th century is it still relevant today how do you see that how do you see things developing if if you could influence the school at all is there is there anywhere that you'd want to want to steer us in terms of that it's funny talking about the summer scheme because I think I, I obviously I love our summer scheme, but connections with our summer scheme would be really great. Actually, and I missed out on this. We actually came. We brought our summer scheme um, two or three years in a row. I think we brought. We came up on a trip actually up to Felstead, and you fed all all the kids, all the loud and rowdy East End kids, which I think was a bit of a shock to the the people in the canteen. So I do apologise about that. We learned from it the next year and we were much more rigid with how how they were fed. But yeah, yeah, I I think connecting with our summer scheme is is a really great way. And even if students were interested in coming and, and helping us, we always love getting young volunteers helping doing that. And I think the real, you can't really understand or or get involved unless you actually see it I think that's the reality is is actually seeing and understanding what we do and and what the community is like and and it really is a world away from Felstead it it really is very different Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's quite an eye-opening experience I think coming coming and visiting yeah no I'm sure and we'd we'd love to do that again I think we'd and uh, by all means tell them to come and be as noisy as they (laughs) like As long as it's good noise, we like, we like to hear that. So. <laughs> and, you know, one, one of the things that it, across my life I think I, I've valued more and more as years have gone by is kindness. I think it's, it's, a, it's a hugely underrated quality and it's something that we, we can all show more of. In your, time, in your time working in London, there must have been times when you've needed others to show kindness to you. And I wonder if, if there's any examples where, you know, somebody else has really gone out of their way and, and helped to pick you up. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking, how do you define kind? Like, it's, I think you really have to differentiate it from the word nice, because, like, kind doesn't always mean being nice, but it's about doing what's best for the other person, right? It's, 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 it's much more than just being nice to someone and and in that I I would actually have to say my husband because he's he's really there's there's a lot of people who've been been around and supported but more than anyone else he he's good at at, at knowing what's best for me I I do have a tendency to overwork and and mental health can really suffer from that and and so he reminds me that sometimes I do need to put myself first and, and really look out for my mental health. And he does regularly remind me to to stop committing to extra things. Yeah. Because yeah, if if I'm not if I overwork, I'm not I'm no good to anyone. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a, a couple of really really important things. That I think that that distinction between kindness and just being nice is a is a 
is quite quite a deep but quite an important distinction that you've made there and having somebody who's who's reminding you that you need to be the best you to be able to deliver to help others i think that's a that's a really good message for for everyone to take we're nearly there so ne- nearly at the end i've nearly nearly let you off the hook but uh, ju- i'm going to f- i'm going to finish with a really difficult one I, I i think we should all be learning all our lives and i'm sure that you've learned a huge amount in this job what what's the key thing you've learned and wh- where do you think that will take you to next do you do you have future plans where, when we say about learning actually I what I was saying there about mental health and I I think that was definitely the biggest learning point for me and and more more than one occasion I've burnt out um and and it's taught me to be very aware of my own mental health I did CBT which was which was amazing I highly recommend it and it really taught me to notice what my warning signs are and when I need to take a break um and and it's it's realizing as as well as that it's okay to take a break I think when you're working with people there is always going to be need there's there's always going to be someone in need but you just can't solve everyone's problems sometimes you need to do need to take time off and and if you do burn out you as I said you're not any good to anyone so yeah so that's that's a key key thing I've I've definitely learned no and good good advice for everyone I think uh you know, work, working with people, t- teachers have had had quite a tough Definitely. time through the lockdown and I'm full of admiration for the amount of work that they've they've had to put in, the, the changes they've had to make, the challenges they've had to face and remembering to take time when you can for yourself is, is critical. And then and what about what about next steps? What about what does the future hold? So I think, as you said at the very beginning, I'm, I'm studying at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a, a master's in voluntary sector management, but I get I get a diploma in charity accounting. So I imagine Paul Beaufort will get more charity <laughs> accounting questions <laughs> from me. So my hope is I finish it. That's that's my ultimate thing. It finishes yeah. towards the end of this year. So so, yeah, that's that's my my biggest hope. Uh, Ascension, we've we've got a lot of lot of partnership work coming up. That's something that really came out of the pandemic, actually, was was working a lot more closely with other charities. So we're doing a, a project with with some other local advice organisations, including the Citizens Advice Bureau, to make advice more accessible to people in food banks. And we're really okay. growing and developing our food bank and working in partnership with other food banks in the area so that, that people who, who come to the food bank are able to get the advice that they need so they don't have to keep coming to the food bank. And I think that's a, that's a key thing that the food poverty is kind of a symptom of what everything else is going on. So so this partnership work, there's there's quite some quite big work coming up with working in partnership with other organisations, which is really exciting thing and really should kind of make a huge impact in, in the whole of the borough, not just in Custom House. Yeah, that sounds great. I think if, if you can uh, if you can work with people and not not just you know it's the old give a person a fish or teach them to fish isn't it if you can if you can help people that's great but if you can help people to help themselves then that difference really lasts lasts that much longer yeah completely hannah thank you so much for your time today it's it's been great to talk to you and I, i really look forward to to working with you in the coming years and really strengthening these links and and uh making sure that felstead stays uh stays involved in helping you to make a difference in your community brilliant thank you so much 
So that was Chris Townsend talking to Hannah Tullock, CEO of the Ascension Community Trust. Thank you, Hannah, for joining us on this episode of The School Podcast. It's really good to hear all about how Felstead fits into the Ascension Church community. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.